You are listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. Good morning or afternoon or evening. It is very early in the morning here in Texas, very cold, weirdly, because we had a nice weekend and now it's cold again. I had no emails or messages about my volume this week, so I'm calling that a win. I think I finally figured it out and I can stop even mentioning my audio stuff. Uh, Speaking of my weekend, thank you for asking. We were sick all weekend and when I say we, we're kind of a cluster. So I'm always with my four nieces and my three kids and so my daughter got sick and then my son got sick and then one of my nieces got sick and then one of my other nieces got sick and then my son got sick. And so we just kind of, it was kind of like playing dominoes, like who's going to get a fever next? It was just fevers. So thank goodness it's not, you know, the stomach bug. I am still afraid of a stomach bug and we haven't, you know, gotten that throw up stomach bug for a while now. I just, when it happens, it's the worst thing that can happen to you. Right now, I think my last sneeze is on her last leg of it. So hopefully we will be better. It's crazy because sickness will hit each kid so differently. Like my oldest, it just made him go to sleep super early. He slept all night and then he was fine. Uh, He stayed home from school. But then my daughter, she's been on and off. She has not slept well since she got sick four nights ago. She has had terrible nights, night terrors, nightmares, and it's just really, really awful. And then my son, my other son also just kind of slept through it. But it's just, it's just crazy. It can hit everyone when someone says, what do I do when my kid is sick? It's like, it's just going to really depend on how your kid is reacting. If they're really congested, you want to hold them up most of the night. You want to have a humidifier. You have, you know, you want to have a saline water and a free to nose sucker for a little bit or an electric nose sucker is actually better. But yeah, it's just really going to depend how your baby reacts to sickness and how long it's there for and how much it affects their sleep. I think I've done a sick baby sleep episode. If not, maybe that'll be my next week. Let me tell you, I have been trying to do a twins podcast interview with my sister. It's just so impossible to schedule it. And you would think it's like the easiest thing because we literally live next door to each other, but we are just, we'll be like, okay, let's do it tonight. And then we get to the night and we're both exhausted. Like, all right, let's do it tomorrow night. And then we have, you know, I host a little crafts night with my friends. So Anyways, that's coming up soon, as soon as I can figure out when to record it. She has, my sister is such a great mom, and she has so much knowledge, and her, I mean, her baby sleep through the night, and they're not even one year old, and my two-year-old was up last night with nightmares, so she has a lot of wisdom to share with us as soon as I can get there. Anyways, today I want to talk about room situations, room, what's it called? Now I forgot the word. I had the words in my head in the morning. <laughs> My life's a little, a little like last minute. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, what am I gonna talk about? And then I thought of a subject and it was a perfect title for the podcast. So hopefully it comes back to me. Room placement room. Well, you probably feel like I, I probably sound so dumb because the title is on this podcast because future me has figured it out, but let's talk about where baby sleeps. There we go. Okay. So the AAP, American Association of Pediatrics, recommends that you share a room for the first 6 to 12 months. This is to lower the chances of SIDS, um, and that's just what the recommendation is. What do parents do? It depends on what you feel safe doing, what you feel comfortable doing, what you are doing for your baby and for your family. A lot of babies around six months don't sleep very well if their parents are near because they know they're there and they can just call out. A lot of babies sleep better when their parents are near because they feel 
you know, they feel their parents, they feel that safety. And so it's really going to depend on you when you make the move. Let's talk about that move. That move is actually not as difficult as many people think it's going to be like moving a baby from their parents' room into their nursery or into their siblings' room. People have asked me to make an ebook about it, and I just feel like I would be the biggest scammer if I did because that transition is really, really not that hard. All you got to do is literally move the crib and then put baby down, do the same routine you've been doing, keep the same schedule you've been doing, and then put him down in that new location. And, you know, make sure it's, it's DCQ, dark, cool, and quiet. Make sure nothing crazy goes on before bedtime so you don't know what that might have affected it or not but really the location of the crib is not going to make that big a difference for most babies under six now if your baby has been in your room for three years and you want to move into a different room that's another conversation but then that's that's more sleep training kind of stuff and more behavioral things but just trust me do not stress out about moving them from their crib in your room to crib in another room. But let's talk about room sharing and where you want to put them if they are sharing with a with a sibling. Lots and lots and lots of people ask me, when can I move my baby to share with my with their siblings? And I'm always like, it's going to depend so much. And I know that's such a bleh answer and I give it so often. But let's say you want to put your three-month-old with your two-year-old daughter who is kind of a crazy little girl who likes to jump on babies because it's cute i probably wouldn't have them share a room anytime soon but let's say you want to put your six-month-old boy who with your five-year-old boy who's super responsible and loves to you know help out with diapers and would never dream of trying to take a baby out of a crib you know go for it right so it's really gonna depend on your older kid personalities and your baby's personality let's say you have a screamer who screams in the middle of the night you still haven't figured out their sleep and you want to put him with a four-year-old girl who barely sleeps and wakes up really easily and doesn't like white noise i probably wouldn't do that change now let's say you have a combination of siblings that probably shouldn't be together but they have to be for whatever circumstance just just go for it and then you know when someone cries go in and rescue them out what you want to do in that case is make sure you stagger bedtimes in a way that works best for you. And I say that because, you know, I don't want to say always put your baby down first and your toddler, then your preschooler, then your kid, because maybe your preschooler has an easier time falling asleep by themselves. <laughs> and I don't want you to think I'm not sharing any actual knowledge because that's what I feel like. Um, but I'm just trying to give you ideas of things what you should think of. Like think of how they like to fall asleep. Do they like to fall asleep with a lullaby, with white noise? Do they like to fall asleep with you in the room? And how about your other your other children? For example, my oldest son does not like, <laughs> I didn't say hate because I'm not allowed to say hate in my house. My kids always call me out. But I'm just going to say hate. <laughs> he hates the lullaby, right? But my four-year-old and my two-year-old like to fall asleep to a lullaby. And so when we're thinking about bedtime for them, we can't put them all in at the same time very often because my seven-year-old will just complain about the lullaby instead of falling asleep and then he'll rile up his siblings. So when we have to put two or more in at the same time for whatever reason, it's usually two-year-old and four-year-old. Now, also four-year-old gets a little miffed when we put him in there at the same time as his tiny sister. And so that comes into play, right? So, so many things come into play to every single situation. My sister has a cool thing where she puts in her two-year-old with her four-year-old because the two-year-old is a very snuggly person who likes to be surrounded by her sister and people. But then once two-year-old falls asleep, then four-year-old can exit the room and spend some extra time. 
and then she goes back at her bedtime does and this is perfect because then they can do stuff or like take care of the twins they're it just it really works out for them right and this is something they figured out that works for them that might really not work for any other family and so you really really just want to get to know your kids personalities their sleep personalities what wakes them up what time they need to sleep because if you have a kid that just passes out at six you can't keep them up at eight just so they can go down after the baby right and also what temperature they like to sleep we play we have a pretty big room for the kids and so we placed our seven-year-old close to the window because he runs hot and the the windows aren't super nice so the cold comes in of course he then (laughs) took off his mattress and put on the floor he likes to sleep on the floor but anyways think about temperature think about noise think about who wakes who up think about who needs who for falling asleep and that's what's going to give you the answers i'm not i'm not going to give you the answers because i don't know your kiddos obviously if i work with you um then i could give you the answers as well i actually just started with four new clients for february i'm a little overwhelmed um the starting point is always like okay new challenges like let's go where do we start um but anyways how many times did i say um i'm trying to cut a word like out of our life because our kids have started to say like a lot and it like really like annoys us <laughs> um But anyways, hopefully this helps you figure out what to do with your room situations. Before you do jump into, you know, room sharing or moving things around, what I wish you have before that is that baby sleeping through the night and no, not needing feeds anymore because coming in there for feeds can wake up the other siblings. But that's not always the case. Sometimes babies are very quiet, nursers or bottle feeders, and you can go in there, feed them, go back, and toddler won't wake up. Or if toddler wakes up, they go right back to sleep. Again, it just depends. You know, I was looking for tips to online to share, but all of them are so like black and white. Like never put a baby with their sibling if they're still waking up at night. Why? It's just, you know, maybe if the toddler is super sensitive or, you know, it's just not going to work out, then don't do it. But very often it can work. I've, I've worked with families where it does work, where baby's still nursing in the middle of the night two times or more. Mom comes in and nurses them or mom comes in, grabs baby and nurses them and then brings them back and it works. So all these tips that I'm finding, because um, I wanted to share a bit more practical tips and look them up or stuff. Oh, here's what, here's a good one I found from the baby sleep science one is don't move your children into new beds when you're moving them rooms. That's a great one. Do keep your baby in their bassinet. If you're moving them, don't move like room and crib at the same time. If you're moving room, keep the same crib, keep the same sheets, keep the same smells, same sounds so you can help them align. But again, moving rooms is not as big of a deal as you might think. Okay, this, <laughs> I realize how, I do, I realize how crazy that and discombobulated this podcast episode was. I was not going to come on here today because life is just so busy, especially after sick kids, our house is a mess. I just got an email yesterday about one of the best things ever that's ever happened to me. And I have to be working on that. But I was like, you know what? I said I was going to do 52 episodes this week, this year. And so I have to, I can't give up in February. So I am here. So thank you for listening. I I get the email every week of how many people listened. And it's just insane that there's so many people listening and so many people that I can help and reach and that can benefit from free help or just listening to me mumble, mumble. So thank you for being here. And I hope you have a great night. And I hope this podcast was at least somewhat helpful. I will come back again. (laughs) Sorry if it was a little bit.